like scrolls are a thing. Hello and welcome to No Refunds. My name is Dwight and joining me this week is Brian and it's, uh, Brian's always going to be first now and I love it. Alex and Tiffany. Okay, we got there. <laughs> Who's editing this? That Those, those might be very small gaps when I finish, um, but they probably won't be now. Uh, they might be even longer. Who knows? Um, maybe I'll put it in 45 minutes into the actual show. We'll figure it out. Maybe um, you'll actually edit the episode. There's that, too. I will edit an episode tomorrow, I promise. It'll be the episode that hasn't released since we're actually recording the second one. Anyways, um, so how has everybody been? It's been uh, a, a hot second since we had another conversation. Everybody, uh, Everybody doing well? Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> surviving yeah nice you know uh pass fair mm, good we, good good pass good we, pass we, we don't have any <laughs> emails we <laughs> skip card <laughs> reverse you've activated my trap card <laughs> draw four um we oh, we don't have any if emails I had to draw four now i might end it all oh shit we, we we don't have any emails or anything, partially because the other episode ha- that we recorded hasn't come out yet. Um, also because we just don't have any, so that's fine. Um, once again, I'm going to put a call out. Uh, hopefully this is out before then, but um, we are going to be recording our 75th episode soon. And for that, we are looking for your uh, favorite musical album. Or, yeah, musical album, I think is the only types of albums that exist. Or photo album, uh, your favorite album. Um, so please send us either a picture of it, if it's a photo album, or uh, an audio or a text version <laughs> of you talking about uh, your favorite album. Preferably music. Photo is acceptable, too. What the fuck? I, I, I would prefer it if it's not a photo album. Same. Well, I'm, I'm putting my foot down on this one. No tomfoolery on this episode. That's too bad. Because There's no tomfoolery ever. Well, that fits in well with our main topic today, uh, which is well known for its tomfoolery, is the, the Marvel TV show that just ended called WandaVision. And we are going to be mostly talking about that today, maybe with some other stuff sprinkled in. But uh, we all watched it, and we have some thoughts. So uh, can, I, can I just get out of the way? Okay. It's called WandaVision because it features both Wanda and the character Vision. Oh. oh. Man, I, I can't believe I, I never it. made that connection. I thought oh, it was shit. because it was like an old TV thing, like uh, now in uh, color vision. Oh, like television. Mm, uh, that too. Well, Brian, s- since you were so knowledgeable about WandaVision, can mm. you explain what it is? as kind of an overview for those who might not know uh, before uh, sure. we get deep into spoilers and everything. Yeah, so it's, I guess it is a post-Avengers Endgame story that is following Wanda. Uh, and I guess I don't know how far into spoilers we want to go, but it's basically 
following her her uh processing of the events of the uh avengers endgame storyline so you know that's kind of where we pick up and uh and it gets real 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 weird real quick so from the first frame it's real weird this is like a very good definition of like almost like a meta show granted it there is some in-universe explanations for it eventually but at least for the first like three or four episodes i don't remember how many there is like little to no explanation as to what is going on it is just you are watching the characters that we know wanda and vision from the marvel cinematic universe in retro style sitcoms like specifically i love lucy bewitched and then i believe the brady bunch is the third one brady bunch partridge family like and there's no explanation as to what's going on you were just watching old sitcoms um which was a very bold choice that i did not expect them to commit to for as long as they did um alex what did you think of how wandavision started and did it kind of hook you from the beginning or was it something that you were unsure of um yeah i i know we've talked about the the first i think we talked about the first two episodes Mm -hmm. two episodes on the show before Mm -hmm. um i was you know i was very interested in the idea but didn't i wasn't a fan of the mystery box element that they were setting up in the first couple episodes but I, I liked how different and unique it felt at the beginning. And I uh, honestly, I wanted it to stay more committed to that idea. But we can talk about that later. <laughs> can, can I ask what you mean by Mystery Box? Since I don't, I'm not really uh, like... So Mystery Box is a term that people usually use when they talk about J.J. Abrams. Because he's so... Uh, famous for using that as a plot element which usually when it comes down to it it's basically there's a mystery involved in your story that kind of has very hmm, i don't even know how to describe it properly so if you're comparing it to abrams like I think I've heard the term mystery box used with lost and part of the whole thing is like <laughs> thanks Tiffany. Uh part of it's the whole thing seems to be is it is it specifically that there is a mystery at all mm-hmm. or is it that there's a mystery in the setting? Like cuz we don't know we don't know anything about the setting in WandaVision or Lost. It, it it it's less of the setting and more of a story element that to the best of my knowledge like the writers don't even fully know what it is yet it's just a yeah. hook that is there to to wrap or to suck people into the story a good example of this also from abrams is ray's parentage in the the newest star wars that's like okay. that's the mystery box is like who is ray and and why okay. is she important and yeah. it's so it, it doesn't have to be setting it's just like a hook that that's ex- basically exactly okay. it's it's like a modern version of the MacGuffin. um yeah that, and, that's how I was going to describe it as a MacGuffin, but I didn't know that that was helpful. And and J.J. Abrams specifically, not to get off on a tangent here, is notorious for setting up mystery boxes and not knowing what the payoff or what is actually in the box. That's kind of the idea of the box. You don't know what's in it. Um, mm. So 
people have kind of got disillusioned with him in terms of like he sets things up that seem excellent and then there's never any payoff for it, which I do not feel happened with WandaVision. I feel like every question that I had about what was going on did pay off for me. Um, Tiffany, I know you were pretty, pretty hot on the first few episodes. I know you were enjoying them. Um, was it able to, to keep you, uh, sucked in this whole time? I'm not going to lie. I, I think I already said this before, but I had little to no interest in watching the show when it first came out. And so I liked the first couple episodes and into all like the tropey things. And I know we're going to talk about it, but I'm not going to lie. I've already forgotten about it. I'm I like it's already come and gone and I'm like all right that was cool like it I'm with Alex I wish it kind of committed more to the weirdness yeah and we'll go into it later but yeah I, I I've cooled on it a lot and I was kind of lukewarm on it at the end to be to begin with and I've yeah it was fine that's really interesting I think I align with you and I, I think part of it comes from the place where I was interested in it for similar reasons to what you described in, in an earlier episode was, which is like the fact that the format is weird. It's like different than other Marvel stuff. And the fact that the, the theme and topic that they're trying yep. to tackle is different than other Marvel yep. stuff. Yep. And, and I agree, like if we're getting into spoilers, like we can do that, but yeah, there was something about the way that it turned. Yeah like throughout the storytelling that turned it back into typical marvel which i'm curious like did that align more with what you wanted dwight because like i know in in, when you expressed interest in the show you had expressed excitement that they were going to do something along those lines i think is that so i i enjoyed the show for the most part um i was expecting a different level of pacing out of the beginning of it um in terms of i didn't expect them to fully commit a whole episode of tv to like um to each time period i thought it was going to kind of weave in and out and they were going to advance a little bit quicker um and then kind of get into the more traditional marvel stuff uh, a little bit faster um looking at how it played out i'm actually very happy that they didn't do that um especially since a lot of what we're watching is this is i think we can kind of shift into the spoilery stuff at this point um what we are watching is a little bit i'm going to go back to saying meta because we're watching what other characters are also watching within the universe and so i i really actually appreciate how they did that then in terms of like making full episodes of classic style tv and then at the end of each one there's a specific reason as to why wanda is kind of jumping um time periods and whatnot like it's it's mostly explained um and i I watched a couple of other um things on it specifically i watched like the making of behind the scenes stuff and it was actually interesting that um one of the things they brought up a lot or brought up a, a little bit was that the twilight zone was apparently a pretty big influence for them um which was not the tone that i necessarily picked out um because they were talking about like in the first episode when there's like that kind of issue at the dinner and like people are like do something say something or whatever and like it, it really kind of shifts to me it felt a lot more modern um it felt like something like was kind of breaking and they were moving into a more modern setting or modern filming style but like hearing that it was actually a twilight zone influence like a a single camera setup as opposed to a, a three camera setup um was interesting and i and i like that and just also 
before I guess we get into super spoiler stuff, some of the behind the scenes stuff is absolutely fascinating. I don't know if we talked about this on the last one, but all of the sitcom stuff was shot like a sitcom. They legitimately used period accurate um, camera techniques. They used period accurate. Um, they had an audience for the first, I think, three or four, oh, that cool. all the things that were shot before them. And they had the people sitting in like period accurate chairs that the audience from that time period would have been sitting in with like the rails and they they did like the cast introductions as they all came out and like took bows before before things it was just a really interesting way to shoot it which i think lended to the feel of those actual episodes which is just really neat to me i really liked that That that's cool you had talked about that but i i i you, we didn't know about the the actual like shooting techniques and things like that. So that's cool to know that like it wasn't just, hey, we're gonna shoot in front of an audience. It's like we're actually gonna use, like we're gonna look at old sitcoms and actually use like the 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 shot composition and like camera mm-hmm. movements and that type of like stuff like that, which is cool. So I guess for listeners' sake, uh, are we good with saying from this point forward? spoiler like actual spoilers do we want to dive into that yet i think so because you can't talk about anything past the first three episodes i think without really getting into spoilers like okay cool um i agree spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert (laughs) yeah i guess when it comes to like spoilers i i think the thing that excited me most or kind of like made me most hopeful for WandaVision that I that I felt in the end I felt let down on was that it was a story about grief and they didn't really follow through on that like they kind of just gave it up and moved into into like superhero supervillain stuff yep I I completely agree yeah I I was so disappointed in the last like couple of episodes because it was like it just went from really unique and and I and I liked the mixing of the Marvel stuff and like the weird stuff and then they just like abandoned all the weird stuff and it was just a straight up Marvel movie or, or another Marvel thing and it was like it just felt like any of the life and and Brian you're talking about like the themes like any of that like thematic stuff just was like and it's all gone and we're just in a we're just in a marvel movie now and it was like okay i guess this is cool but it's not what i wanted i i respectfully disagree because i don't think that you can even get a theme of grief or anything until they introduce the actual marvel portion because other than that if you came into this cold which obviously you really can't do you'd just be thinking why am I watching something just just random people doing old like old style TV shows? I mean, and like even getting what the old style TV shows mean, like tying it into Wanda's childhood and like why she is regressing into these things, that doesn't even come about until episode eight. Um, so without that sort of context, it's just something weird and random happening for something weird and random happening's sake. Um, so I don't think that saying that once the Marvel elements introduced, it removes the grief portion of it because it, that is when I think that those themes start hitting the hardest. Maybe they're a little bit more overt at that point, but I still think that that's when the grief really kind of sets in personally. Tiffany. That's not 
that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about like a shooting style and a feel of a show. Mm. Like all the stuff was there, the story gets wrapped up, but it doesn't feel creative and interesting anymore. It just feels like we just got to tie up this storyline so we can go on to the next thing. It's just like another stop along the way in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And and, and it just, it, it felt like once they went back to just shooting it like a regular Marvel movie or a Marvel thing, it felt like some of that, there was some life that was missing from like some inspiration, something that was missing from those final couple episodes where they took away the really, really creative element. It felt like they took away the creativeness of it and they were like, all right, we got to wrap this up. It, it's just in the, in a, shooting and editing sense it's not like the themes weren't still there it's just they they i don't know it just something was missing for me what you're saying makes sense that's interesting to me because what i didn't really mind them jumping into the real world and seeing things from other characters perspectives <clears throat> like kat dennings you know was it a lot of fun she yeah, was awesome yeah. and i'm glad she was in the show and then the I'm not going to remember her name because she's a new character. Monica. Uh, Monica, the yeah. lieutenant, the yes. army lady who like yeah. goes in. So yes. she is, she was a really cool part of that show. Mm -hmm. And the thing that, that bothered me most was like seeing where her story wanted to go and then them not letting that resolve in the way that I wanted it to. Like it felt like they build up, they built up her part in helping wanda cope with with her grief and then like instead of doing that they shifted gears into like no it's just like she just has to fight something with right yeah yeah i i think brian's really touching on what my big issue with the like final act of this show was which was they built up a lot of this internal turmoil and struggle that was going to be resolved by like our group of core characters in what a, I, I thought was going to be an interesting way and then it just devolved into a big Marvel battle that we get every fucking time we watch a Marvel movie and I was just so uninterested in that because the rest of the show felt unique and felt new and fresh and then it devolved so heavily for me at an alarming rate like for me it was like yeah. the last two or three episodes it just nosedived and i like i really wish agatha hadn't been in the show i really wish they had kind of covered the same sort of topics but kept it you know monica and vision and um wanda i was i was struggling on her name for a second <laughs> question so like, Scarlet Agatha. Witch, whatever her name is which she is now <laughs> question on agatha i guess so one of the things that bothered me and it made me feel like i was missing something like i missed part of the show or one of the end credit things or whatever is agatha is agatha a real person like a real character or is she a construction of wanda's like so in in Mar in um, the comics, Agatha Harkness is um, she is an ancient witch. We don't really actually know how old she is, um, but she is the person who teaches Ma um, Wanda 
uh, how to use her chaos magic. Um, she is Wanda's original teacher, and she's the one who kind of like shapes her as a witch. So um, she's less of a villain in the comics and more of just like a neutral, chaotic-ish force. Um, so they definitely reinvented her for the show as like a pure villain. Um, yeah, more of a villain from happenstance, maybe. It's... yeah. I didn't get a clear read on whether or not she meant to originally suck all the life out of all the Salem witches, which was a pretty neat um, uh, sequence. I enjoyed that. But uh, yeah, she's not. She's a little bit different in the show. She's she's more of an overt villain as opposed to just kind of like a, okay. a, a witch witching like, around. The impression I got not knowing Marvel was that she was still just a person like she, Agatha was just a person who lived in that town and that her, she was somehow like through Wanda's reality vending properties, she was made to be a villain right. because they frame her at the beginning of one of the episodes in a like intro, like, I don't, it's not a montage, but a little intro like vignette of her being like, Oh, it's always been Agatha. Yeah. Right. You know? And like, so that framed it to me as somebody who was uninformed as like, Oh, this is another construction of Wanda's, grief and she's gonna have to like combat it in a way that normal people combat grief like yeah. not in a laser battle when that episode <laughs> ended i kind of had the same reaction as you i was like oh this is wanda's manifestation of ne or like her negative energy and her grief and it's her like her reason for putting herself in in this like idealized prison basically yeah like fighting her inner self kind right of. right yeah. that's what i thought and then it became like a big just you know purple versus red laser beam battle <laughs> um I, also oh i don't, I don't want to change the subject just yet i was gonna say i i will actively admit that is a much more interesting premise than what we actually got um because it, it just yeah. seems like agatha was like almost like a moth drawn to the flame in terms of like here's a large spike of power i am a witch um magic has been established in this universe via dr strange mm -hmm. so like it's not too big of a stretch to imagine that there's other sources of magic out there um and she's just there to suck it all up and eat it and like i i i do a think that what you are saying is a very interesting um take if they had gone down that road i would have i would have very much enjoyed that honestly for me it it almost feels like this show was either written by two very different groups of people where they were just like somebody had a great idea for a show and came in and wrote the first five episodes or four episodes and then they handed it off to their like usual uh suspects to just finish it off and be like hey make this touch it up with the marvel charm and it just I, for me it, it lost a lot of its charm i, I think okay. we can all sorry Tiffany, we're gonna say something oh i i don't know if this is the right time to bring this up and it's i, I think knowing that this is part of a bigger universe like all of these little shows and like it's like a you know a, the second movie in a trilogy it's never gonna feel complete mm -hmm. just like comic books are never gonna feel complete it's just like here's just another thing like it there is there's no ending there's no i didn't feel satisfied at the end of this because it's just another stop along the way to the next marvel thing it, it's just I, i'm it's that superhero burnout 
all over again. And I kind of feel, I kind of feel taken for a ride with this one where I was like, it's going to be something different. And then it wasn't. And now I'm kind of bummed out about it. I, I do feel like this had a solid beginning, middle and end personally. I, I do feel like it wrapped up on a, like the, the main characters arcs specifically Wanda's did end. She, she managed to, she had an arc. She overcame her obstacle, be it throwing laser beams at something or accepting that vision has moved on and, 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 you know, pushing to, through those emotions and will, being willing to sacrifice uh, her, her dead husband and her children that she's had with him um, in order to, you know, right the wrongs that she inadvertently set up. I think that was a pretty strong arc as well, personally. Um, I do like that there was some stuff that was even set up in, like, arguably in, um, like, in Infinity War, like, the, like the stuff that, like, Vision was talking about, like, what if we had a place or something, like, like he kind of, like, they've set this up. It's clear that this was, like, kind of in the works, which is nice. Um, I, I just think, yeah, I, I think that there was a, like I said, a, a full solid arc for at least a few of the characters. Um, and it doesn't super bug me that, like, they're setting some things up. Like, I will agree that, like, Photon or, or Monica Rambeau, whatever you want to call her, um, her setup was a little lackluster, maybe. Um, I mean, it was, yeah, just like a hand-fisted way to get her powers. Yeah, she just felt like an underutilized character that was that was there and had such promise and then they seemed to like forget about her they were like oh we've set her up we can just put her in the corner until we need her for the next movie or whatever yep exactly that's exactly what it felt like i almost feel like some of the sword stuff was a little forced in the sense of like oh and of course we've got a big bad guy sword yeah. guy like it was, he was a little mustachey twirly villain for me yep it was rather ham-fisted like a lot of the sword stuff the only sword character i liked was um What's his name? Um, the guy who first contacts Mon Monica. Yeah. He's with I the FBI, his guys. His name is Jimmy Woo, and he's with the FBI. Thank you. That's the only guy I liked that, that was I, uh, FBI. Yeah. Um, the sword stuff was fairly the milk toast. The mm. only thing about the sword stuff that I actively loved was White Vision, um, and that's strictly because my first ever interaction with vision or first ever knowledge of the character of vision came from, yeah, well it was, it was literally an interaction because it came from the captain America and the Avengers arcade game. And I don't know if you remember that one, but in it you can play as captain America, Hawkeye, Iron Man and vision, but vision in the game is white. And so every single time I've seen vision in any other medium, he's been the green and gold and, and uh, red version of it. Yep. And it mm. confused the shit out of me because vision is white. Like that video game, it was my only frame of reference for vision for a long time. And it just like, I did not know who colored vision was. It was weird you, to me. You know, what's weird. I had the not the same introduction to vision, but the same like issue because my first introduction to vision was i want to say new avengers i can't remember which avengers it was but it was the avengers with white vision and i had these um marvel trading cards and one one part of it was the teams and my new avengers team had vision on it and he was white and i was like man he kind of looks like sandman almost in in terms of color because he wasn't quite like perfect he's white like a he cream was like a champagne kind of yeah, yeah kind of like a champ yeah the champagne's a good way to describe it 
And I always thought he was made of sand as a kid. And then I was like, no, I think he's just a normal guy. And then, you know, growing up, I, I started seeing different versions of him. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> the sand makes perfect sense, too. Sorry, Brian. One, one just like, The sand no, makes no, perfect sense good. because if someone, like, punches him and you know, he does the phasing, like, you can be like, yeah. oh, well, it's just the sand moving around it. That's yeah. perfect sense. Brian, sorry. No, it's okay. I, I was going to say, like, I do feel like I – there were a lot of things that I really liked about the show. So I don't mean to like come down maybe, maybe as hard as I've sounded. Like, it's so I, easy I to the, come down on things hard. It's so easy. Like it's, yeah. I don't know why, why we always do, but I think the reason I sound that harsh is for the same reasons Tiffany described where it's like, it felt like it was setting up something that I was really going to like, like it felt like it was going to be like an A plus Marvel experience and then it kind of just turned into like a b minus or a c plus marvel experience and i was like okay fine you know so i don't mean to say this is like a fail case like it it is a fun watch it's worth putting a little time into if you enjoy marvel stuff like especially if you know sitcoms from throughout the eras because there's a lot of fun like easter eggs the humor and like almost all the comedy in the show is well worth like the the price of entry it's like it, all of the interactions between um like kat dennings and her team and then like vision wanda and the kids as well as when they bring quicksilver in like those were some of the funnier moments to me was like i don't know alex go for it uh, Dwight had a pin first. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, my my pin was kind of shifting back a little bit to White Vision. Um, one of the things, speaking of how the the show ended with a big laser rune battle in the sky, uh, all CG, pure pure green screen. Um, I really appreciated the way that Vision solved his problem of fighting White Vision. Um, where they, you know, they they talked about I forget what the name of the actual ship is, but ship of Theseus. Ship of Theseus. They they did like the ship of Theseus analogy, and like they. You know, they talked through their problem, which was a very Vision way of doing it. It almost felt like what, what Vision wanted to do with Ultron in, in Age of Ultron. Um, I enjoyed that resolution. I think that was easily my favorite resolution outside of um, the, the hex actually collapsing in on itself. That moment was really, really sweet. Um, I, but yeah, I wanted to see the Ship of Theseus stuff explored a little more. Yeah. It felt very su- uh, like surface level and then back to laser beams <laughs> yeah like, it felt like it, fast but correct like yeah uh, yeah I, I i completely agree like it, it it felt i loved what i loved that interaction where they're they're in like a library just flying around and they're talking about ship of theseus and you know white vision starts to have this weird existential crisis which i'm all for existential crises it's the thing of 2021 i've been um, having a lot of those um I liked that. I just I wanted to see it just taken one step further to see it kind of resolved in both of them before we get back to laser beams. I think this show series, I think it needed one more episode. It felt like we were building towards something and then we got like a weird like backstory episode and then it was like laser beam fight done. 
Yeah. And I was yeah. like, did I miss something? It, it just yeah. felt like it wrapped everything up. It was like, here's Agatha. We're going to flash back. And then we're going to fight with laser beams in the sky. Done. Yeah. Given the fact that this was a show, I, I expected like episode nine, which was the last episode, to be full like laser beam battle. Like this is where we solve the problem, basically. And then for an episode to come after it where it's just like tying up loose ends like uh, so everybody has a chance to breathe and have a moment for the finale where you know maybe they delve deeper into vision talking to white vision about you know who's really vision or you have monica and wanda having like a touching moment talking about grief or you know yeah i wanted a little more of that but, like the coffee shop kind of denouement. I don't yeah. know, like something like that. But like if Vision and Vision sat in a coffee shop instead of floating around a library and like <laughs> Monica and Wanda like yeah. were just eating breakfast together or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Every yeah. show needs to do what like Breaking Bad did where like they have like the massive like big shit thing go down and then you have two whole extra episodes or even just yeah. one whole extra episode decompress. Of, exactly of just like <laughs> what the fallout is and like what and just kind of like what everyone else does like Absolutely. like whatever like the, the story is over but this is like everybody's settling like that's what I, every other show I, needs to do i think we can all agree every show should be more like breaking bad <laughs> true it's one of the few things Dwight and I are going to agree on this episode. It's true. It's true. Um, um, yeah. So there was actually something. There were two things I wanted to talk about very specifically that really got me, like enraged me. Oh. One of them was the fact that the last three episodes of the show had after after credit sequences, which I didn't know about. So I got to episode 10 not knowing that Monica was taken by Quicksilver, not knowing that White Vision had been released. So I'm watching this episode going, (laughs) what the fuck is going on? I had watched like the first three episodes all the way through the credits thinking there's going to be after credit sequences. Um, And then there weren't. I I didn't know that they revealed those things. I still didn't know. So I went, oh. (laughs) (laughs) News to me. So, So I was like I, I i thought i'd done my due diligence i'd watched three of the first episodes thinking okay there's no after credit sequences i don't need to watch everything through the credits and then i get to episode 10 or 9 and i go what the fuck is going on like this definitely wasn't set up at first i thought i'd skipped an episode i thought i was like oh i i must have missed an episode that's like exactly the same feeling i had and i and i I went something and i went back and started episode eight and i went no i definitely watched this episode so i watched the episode in its entirety and then i was like you know what since they didn't have after credit sequences for any of the episodes the the last episode definitely will so i watched the last episode all the way through watched the after credit sequence and i was like i definitely missed something i went back to (laughs) <laughs> every episode and checked if they had after credit sequences and for some reason episodes seven and eight have important information that you need to understand what's happening in the finale in an after credit sequence 
It's so fucking dumb. The credits Fuck in the show, the credits in the show were so fucking problematic because like the show was like, wow, we're in for like a 35 minute episode. And like the sh- episode was 20 minutes and the credits were 15 minutes and half of them, more than half of them didn't have anything in them. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? What the fuck? I, I mean, I, I understand because I, I, I ranted on, on Discord to, I think, Corey about this. And he was like, well, after credit sequences weren't really a thing until the 2000s. So that's why it showed up in those episodes. Oh, and I was fuck. Like, that's a good take. I, I, I like so that. Stupid. I was like, fuck that shit. That is such bullshit. Oh, here's the, I hate that. Nope. I yeah, love it. That's I, great. I hate it. <laughs> it is. Yep. It's but cute, like, I guess, if that was the intention. But here's the thing: like the important part of what Alex said just there, not that it wasn't all important. In fact, <laughs> all of it was like good. But the really important part is Some like of it was the fact that like all the other end end credit sequences that we've seen from Marvel, or not all, but almost all, are like fun throwaway or teaser information. It's right. like, oh, isn't this cute? Or, hey, this is just for the fans. Or, like, yeah. well, look, it's Thor's hammer. It's the Tesseract. It's, like, it's not, like, yeah. it's like a tease. No, it's not a Nobody's important... upset that they missed the shawarma scene at the end of Avengers. Right, like, they're not introducing a character during the, the shawarma scene where they're like, oh, Captain here's Marvel. Loki's I was gonna son. say. <laughs> right. they, they did it for Captain Marvel. They did. Yeah, but, like, but still, it's like a little throwaway fan servicey thing. Like if you didn't know what the logo was, you would have no idea. Like it yeah. wasn't, yeah, wasn't important. It's dumb and it's stupid and it's stupid and it's dumb. <laughs> I was like, I finished the finale and I was so angry. I was like, "What the actual fuck?" I only knew about it because I saw it on Reddit and I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe we should go check it." And then from that point i mean it was only the last three but like so episode eight i made sure to watch and episode nine i just let play and like it didn't go to that like start the next show thing like and i was like okay so there's definitely going to be something at the end of this yeah which is neat so that was that was that got you mad which is fine that was a big issue for me i was so angry (laughs) that's not really like that's more of an issue with a structure that's not like an issue with like a content right right that wasn't a content issue that was a fuck you Disney kind of thing I was just like you pieces of shit you are putting important things important things at the end of your episodes you said there was a second thing that got you yeah the second thing was that they brought Quicksilver in for a boner joke they literally brought they brought Evan Peters in which felt like it was going to be like really exciting and cool and it was just for a dick joke that was the punchline wait what his his name, his name was like Ralph Boner. Ralph Boner. Thank that's you. who. That's that was Agatha's husband. She was calling, saying Ralph the whole time. It was it was just him. Yeah, I, it was just this dude. So so I'm the Evan so so the Evan Peters stuff was in there a bunch. Yeah, it wasn't Quick, just for a boner joke. He was in there for a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but he wasn't Quicksilver. He was Ralph he, Boner. Yeah, he was just a like it was all fake. It was never. It was the whole. Right. But he's like a Pietro construction thing. of Wandra. No, no, it's a real person no. that Agatha took over and like that made into, over she, she and... made him into Quicksilver to yeah, fuck with Wanda. Yeah. Right. It was fake. It wasn't oh, even. Oh, I thought yeah. Wanda made him. Well, no, this whole show just lost me. In well, Wanda episode. thought she made him. Like Wanda totally thought it was it was her that did it. Hmm. But you find out in episode seven, question mark, maybe eight, 
it was it was towards the end. You find out that Agatha did it, and then you find out, I think in the finale, that he's Ralph Boner. Yeah, because it's like, it's, okay. it's his necklace that has like uh, her purple glowy energy on it, and because Monica can see energy now, that's kind of her powers. She can see energy fields. She sees the purple until she rips off the necklace and breaks right, the spell right. around Ralph's boner. Um, I, it, I guess like I was still maybe I got lost there because I was still under the impression that Agatha was like part of Wanda's thing like right. part of Wanda's reality okay it, the, it was it, so I uh, I'm confused on this one a little bit um, it watching it live was fantastic because like this is like the ultimate meta thing and um, I think that this show kind of suffered from a lot of fan theories in general. And just like the, the week to week, I think, really got a lot of people's hopes up, especially in terms of things like the Quicksilver. So yeah. for those who do not know, uh, Evan Peters uh, played Quicksilver in WandaVision. He, he was controlled by Agatha Harkness. He, uh, for all intents and purposes, Wanda thought that he was Pietro. Evan Peters also played Quicksilver in the Fox version of the X-Men movies. So he has now played the character of Quicksilver in two separate cinematic universes. And people really thought that this was that character transposed from a different alternate reality stuck into this one, especially with all the rumored stuff that's going to be coming up with the new Doctor Strange movie and the new Spider-Man movie, allegedly, um, because the new Doctor Strange movie is called in the multiverse of madness and they know it's going to heavily feature Wanda um, for some reason, um, which we don't know yet. Uh, so everyone thought that this was kind of like their back door during um, the Fox mutants into the MCU, uh, which it was not, it was just one massive red herring. And like, I think this is like the literal definition of stunt casting. It was like the specifically done to evoke emotions and fuck with the audience, which yeah. is kind of neat because if you want to take like into the 2000s era, which is when it kind of like they did the Malcolm in the Middle stuff, Lost was big. So it's kind of a weird little mind fucky thing like that. Is that what you mean by stunt casting is like casting just to fuck with the audience kind of thing? Yeah. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, that that that's yeah. how I would take that is like you're casting a, a recognizable person in a role in like anyone else in that role it would be like who cares but because it was evan peters he almost was the only person they could make that role like really really messy with is that kind of like um what was the to, to, huh, words what was the show we watched not police academy what was the show police squad police squad where like and they do this, I've, I've seen this done before, where they bring in, like, a, a famous actor, and then they, like, kill them in the first, like, minute. Drew Barrymore. Is that, would that be kind yeah, of... I, that's what I was going to say, Dwight. Wait, what, you? what'd you say? Drew Barrymore in Scream. She dies in the first act, and yeah, she was, like, the yeah, yeah, biggest yeah. name in that movie yep. at the time. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, would that be also that kind of, like, stunt casting where you have a big name as a draw? Absolutely. And then, okay, that's, that's yep. kind of how I... Um, it's was interpreting that it's supposed to like pull the rug out from underneath the audience yes yeah. yeah it's just mean it, it's I, it, um, it can also be done in a way of like casting somebody against type like yep. if you're yeah. expecting yeah. so-and-so to be like a hardcore badass you're expecting korg to be a hardcore badass yeah, man yeah, made yeah. of rocks who like destroys people and then he is just a, a really soft kiwi 
Um, Mm -hmm. Two very different things there. Yeah, or someone who's normally a hero, like, twisted into a villain. Exactly. Or whatever. Yeah, okay. What about the interview that Paul Bettany did and he was like, oh, I'm there's some there's something else big coming like I get to act against somebody I've never acted before and I've always wanted to and he was just referring to himself <laughs> and people were mad I love that what, what is were, this in? so Paul Bettany did like some interview where he, I, I don't remember I don't know where it was but he was like there's there's something else like really exciting coming like I get to act opposite somebody I've never got a chance to act opposite before i'm really excited it's going to be like really great and people were like speculating like who who is the guest star who is going to be in this episode and after the finale it, it was just like he he was just very excited to act against himself vision and white vision he was just really excited to okay, act so paul bettany is vision okay got it and yeah. acting <laughs> with yeah I, I i knew that brian was very confused as to who you were talking about oh sorry i didn't get that so i was just gonna let, i was gonna let that play out oh i don't I, know very many actors but i do love no paul bettany plays wanda he's a funny guy one of my yeah, favorite things that came so- out of WandaVision was people who were like, here's how I know Paul Bettany and here's how I know Paul Bettany like on, on Instagram and stuff. Like, it, And the, here's how I know him for me was from Night's Tale. <laughs> I was going to say, it's definitely going to be good in his first shot or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. That's funny. So I guess like talking about sort of like the, we talked a little bit about where this is going in the whole marvel universe do we want to talk about like next steps because dwight i'm sure you're excited about a lot of that stuff and it's funny because like i'm not i'm not like not excited but i don't know that i'll like look forward to it in the same way that you will well the 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 number one thing that i'm excited about for this movie or for this uh, show that that it has set up is the characters of wiccan and speed um which are the twins tommy and billy um, because if Wiccan and Speed are around, that means we, first off, we have, um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we have officially gotten our first gay Marvel character, uh, which is very cool, um, because uh, Billy is, is gay. Um, they, so that's neat. And uh, they are a part of a team. Um, they are two core members of a team called the Young Avengers, which is one of my absolute favorite storylines. And uh, hopefully they kind of accelerate and, and move into that. Um, which will be great. And there's a couple of other seeds that we know have been planted that will be paying off soon uh, in terms of the Young Avengers. Um, the first of which is, so in, um, the there's going to be a new Hawkeye show and announced for that is Kate Bishop, um, who is also a member of the Young Avengers. And in the upcoming uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show, there is going to be a character called Isaiah Bradley. And Isaiah Bradley has a grandson who um, becomes Patriot, uh, who is also a member of the Young Avengers. And they have also um, one of the the final scenes in uh, one of the post-credit scenes in this one and also the post-credit scene in, I believe, Spider-Man. Yes. Um, Skrulls are going to be playing a big role in some of the upcoming movies. Another member of the Young Avengers is um, a guy named Hulkling, who is a Skrull. Um, so that's cool. 
Uh, so we, there's just a whole bunch of stuff that's like kind of been seeded and, and is coming down the pipeline. Um, the only so, person who's missing right th- at this point is Iron Lad, who is technically a younger version of Kang the Conqueror, who is announced as the villain in Ant-Man, the next Ant-Man movie. So they're, they're all coming together. What's up, Brian? I was going to ask, like, so a lot of those I feel like have been talked about in the context of other shows. Are you expecting there to be a Young Avengers, like, movie or something? I would expect a TV show. I would expect a TV show, especially seeing as how most of them have been introduced in TV shows. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we get, like, a Young Avengers series. Um, Young Avengers has had two runs. Um, the one in the 90 or the 2000s specifically was like kind of the fallout after the Avengers broke up. So that could be neat. Um, there's also the one that was written by Kieran Gillen, who is one of my all time favorite writers. Uh, it's just like the attitude and just the, um, I don't know, just the, the way that he writes it gives me hope for maybe some other, uh, stuff. And I mean, there's going to be other kids in the the MCU coming up soon too. I know like Miss Marvel is going to be a thing. Like maybe they can fold her into it. She's been a member of some, um, not the Young Avengers, but just other youth teams. So that could be neat. Tiffany, were you going to say something? Sorry, I forgot about Skrulls. <laughs> we hadn't gotten there yet, but you said Skrulls, and I was like, oh, fuck, Skrulls are a thing. <laughs> and that was like my whole thing I wanted, to, not I wanted to talk about, but I forgot about Skrulls. So we can talk about it at some point, but I forgot about so scrolls just as somebody who's not like as deeply into marvel tiffany are scrolls so scrolls in captain marvel the movie mm-hmm. were the like were framed as villains but they're not villains is that are they actually villains or are they not like you're asking me things i don't know i don't um i think they are were they villains originally in secret invasion is <laughs> In the, in the books, yes. in the books, they've been villains since like the seventies. They okay. they are more or less an comment. irredeemable race of bad guys. Got what it. they did in in Captain Marvel, I fucking loved because yeah, it was once again it. kind of like a bait and switch. Where like you think that the scrolls are going to be bad just because common knowledge scrolls are bad, and then did them to just be like refugees who are just like trying to find a place to live and like be mostly good guys was fantastic and i like that they set that up because we still have this whole massive scroll empire in general so if they really want to they can still make some of the scrolls bad guys like they can still do super scroll they can still do i think her name's like aisha or whatever no that's that's guardians um that there's like a a queen of the scrolls who's like a really bad guy um so there's still so many stories you can tell with the scrolls tiffany two things one I don't think you can call anything in the Marvel Universe common knowledge because you, you have Brian and me sitting here going, I don't know what that means. I and felt the same way when he said it. I was not, just like... Yeah, it's not... Uh, it, I know it is to you, but it's it's their... The, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and now the TV Universe and all of it is just... It's so broad now that, like, I would say... Not most people, but I would say there's a, a large swath of people who are watching this content who don't read the comics and who have no knowledge of the comics so i it, it's it's always interesting to me when they do put something like the scrolls in the end of this where people are you know if they're this is their first marvel thing they're like what is that it, it is always weird when that happens because like i didn't really know i knew what scrolls were casually so going into captain marvel i was like what aren't they the bad bad guys and they're not now 
but I like that it opens up like all those possibilities for anybody at any point in any time in any of these movies to be a scroll and you can retcon anything through that lens and it's kind of cool <laughs> I think they're setting the scrolls up to be a massive player um, coming up soon just based on the fact that they've had uh, they played a major part in the Captain Marvel movie and they've shown up in post credit sequences for two other movies like that's pretty big to me yep uh <laughs> did they show up in post credits in WandaVision? Is that why we're talking yeah. about this role? Yeah. They did. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um yeah, you, so you may have missed it. <laughs> so um so Monica Rambeau uh is asked by a, a person to go into this movie theater and they're talking and then the person who goes into the movie theater where they reveals themselves to be a scroll and is like, You're needed in outer space. So they blast um, off and then like there's a whole other like half an hour of just them like hanging out on a spaceship talking so it's weird that you didn't see that that's, um, that the, the <laughs> last part of that was a lie maybe not true it's true um not to jump all over this conversation but I, as a captain marvel fan i was super fucking excited to see photon slash monica rambo and like have all that and then have that possibility of space and like those things like again I'm not a super comic book person but like that piqued my interest because those are things that I know so I was like holy fuck like when as soon as they had had her in there I was like are they gonna do it are they gonna give her powers is this where she's gonna get her fucking powers so that was I think my takeaway from WandaVision is that it's setting up more Captain Marvel stuff (laughs) sounds so stupid but it's like the one my one takeaway my one thing i'm super excited about yeah i mean it's fun to get excited about some of the new stuff if you are invested in the characters like for me i know like there hasn't i don't think there's been a lot of news that i've seen about it but um one of the shows that is is on the docket for either this year or next i think is um she hulk and there's a couple she hulk storylines that i am very excited about because she's a wicked interesting character and i hope they do her justice um yeah i I mean the the falcon stuff that's coming out like i'll probably watch it when it's done but i don't really care that much about falcon personally i i have a crush on anthony mackie so i i find it very interesting that you were a little bit critical of, of WandaVision for shifting into a more traditional Marvel thing. Yep. And now you're yep. super excited for, for Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is like the most Marvel cookie cutter Marvel thing yep. you could Marvel. But it's yeah, just cause you, like, you have a hardcore crush on well, the, the leads. Yeah. I love Anthony Mackie, but also I love like Captain America. Like I unabashedly love Captain America and that whole universe. Cause that's my first superhero. So like I'm kind of, down for whatever captain america stuff gets thrown my way and i like i like the passing of the mantle i like Mm. bucky barnes like i just i just fucking love it and it yeah you're exactly right it's gonna be the most marvel fucking cookie cutter show there is and i but at least i know at least i am going into it knowing i'm not going into wandavision thinking okay it's gonna be this weird like thing and then it's gonna end up in a typical marvel thing i know what i'm gonna get with this show. that's very fair There's no secrets um, that's a good way of putting it it's managing yeah. expectations it's like yes you know. exactly as as someone who like i've i've we've talked about this on past episodes i'm like 
I'm so out of the loop on hyping up for things that I I've seen literally nothing for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Is that even the name of the show? Falky Falky oh. Boy and Snow Boy. Now Ooh, they're both boys. Falky <laughs> Man and Snowman. Ooh, naturally. One Born of them needs Boy Falcon Winter Snaction. Um, <laughs> I see. I so since I've seen nothing for it's it, because they're both snacks. You get it. Since oh, I've yeah. seen nothing for it, I was hoping it would be more spy-y stuff, kind of like Winter Soldier. It might be, but I don't really. But know who knows what it's gonna be? I'll I'll watch it when it comes out and be hypercritical of it, just like I was of WandaVision. Which is very how fair. Many, how many shirtless scenes are we aiming for, Tiffany? I hope there's one every <laughs> ten minutes. Wow. <laughs> so just, that is a you, high volume. <laughs> you basically want Anthony Mackie to never have a shirt on. <laughs> I don't want anyone in that show to have a shirt on. No one. No Women, men, there are no shirts in okay. this show. Then we're just gonna call it no shirts and the no shirts. We'll call it hair. We'll call it hair. Hair where? Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> um, Brian, before I forget, so one of the things that when shifting back a little bit to talking about why I'm excited about um, uh, Young Avengers, so there was a post credit scene where Wanda is in like this mountain, but like in this cabin, and she is like doing doctor strange level astral projection and she hears the twins calling from her from from somewhere else so definitely uh they are setting that up and i think that you would also wanted to talk about kate bishop at some point um yeah so so basically when you were talking through all this and you were talking about hawkeye being one of the shows that's coming up it reminded me that like at one of my previous jobs i had a there was a comic book club where i got introduced to a lot of like kind of the the highlights and like comic book fandom and writing and stuff um and one of the ones that got shared around was the hawk guy storyline which is like i don't for those unfamiliar i guess it it's hawkeye as ronan i believe uh trying to pass them or refusing to pass the mantle to kate bishop but she like steals his equipment to be hawkeye and sort of becomes like the new the new hawkeye uh, as far as i can tell or as far as i remember um and that storyline i really enjoyed and i loved kate bishop in that particular story i don't know her from anything else um but i like that she's kind of like sassy and funny she's a little bit memey like they even have like there's a there's a full art frame of like her in front of a burning building uh in that comic book that's like that's nearly identical to the like chaos girl meme if anybody knows that one where it's like mm -hmm. the little girl who's like half eyelids closed in front of a burning building and like weirdly smirking um anyway there's like a, a frame for frame comparison there um that whole storyline was great and i really hope that kate bishop lines up with that um so it, for the kate bishop stuff are they uh sorry the stuff that you were reading um was it the matt fraction run yeah. because i have heard very good things about that specific run it it definitely was from what he's describing 
that uh, it has it, to be it's hawkeye in like street clothes in new yep. york and like the whole the whole bit is like random new yorkers still know him um and they one of them mispronounces his name as hawk guy and it, it was like lovingly taken up by the fans as like the hawk guy yeah story that's line. awesome that's that's the matt fraction run of hawkeye he ruined thor um not really but i don't like wow. it i don't like his run on wow. thor <laughs> wow now i'm curious to read it because i'd probably love that it is as, a hot as somebody take. who doesn't know thor at all <laughs> but his wife is awesome yeah Who's his wife kelly c deconic oh okay who, who wrote i did my my run of captain marvel that i love and adore i didn't know that they were married so yeah, is there any? So I think the next thing on the docket, like we were saying, is the the uh, Falcon Winter Soldier show, and after that, I think is the Black Widow movie, and then there's so much Marvel shit coming out this month or year. Um, Who cares about the Black Widow movie? I'm sure somebody does. She's but the it's least not interesting me. character. It's definitely not me either. Um, <laughs> I wow. Hope, I hope that it's a rom com, and it just like blows everyone's ex expectations out of the water no it's the the one that never came out last year right yep yeah, yeah it still could be a rom-com just, we don't know eh, it could be eh. a rom-com don't shatter my dreams yeah. <laughs> i poop i poop on your dreams want to be a rom-com no yeah is it gonna explain how she apparently came back from the dead oh maybe she's a scroll no, it's a scroll now. I know, Alex. Alex, close your ears if you don't want spoilers for a movie you probably hate. Um, but yeah, <laughs> good job. Um, it, it, it takes what place between fuck? Captain America: Civil War and Infinity War, so it's like she's technically still alive, or not even technically, she's still alive during this. It's it's prior to what happens in Endgame. Uh, Captain then- Cap- Black Widow fucking dies in Endgame, by the way. What? Again the least interesting marvel character do not care and then after so after black widow we get loki, loki which i'm very which, excited about oh, yeah. yeah i assume dwight has a boner for yes i do um mm, tom hiddleston is that the yum. one where he turns him into yum, a frog yum. uh absolutely i would laugh very hard <laughs> if that happens That'd i would very awesome. much enjoy that um i'm frog. really interested in see what they're going to do with the loki show just in terms of like the character like if this is basically loki's send-off or because this is not the loki that we know it's it's a completely different like post battle of new york loki who never had his yeah it's still tom hiddleston but it's like not the loki that it's it's almost like what they're doing with gamora now it's like an alternate universe loki just going on wacky adventures so i don't know if they're Mm -hmm. going to do some of the really cool stuff they did with like journey into mystery like that would be really still gonna be a villain uh, he, it, it, what it looks like is going to happen is, he, is he's going to be, he's going to be strong armed by time police into going around and fixing time crimes. So, oh, it's time cop. Yeah. It's time. Cop. Starring, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Exactly. That was their number oh. one influence. Okay. Um, I'm in. You sold me. <laughs> it sounds like fun. Uh, and Owen Wilson's going to be in it. Um, um Oh, you think Beta Ray Bill is gonna be in it as like the guy who foils Loki? No, they would. I I would expect think they would cameo Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> uh, mm, no more than they already have. 
Wait, wow. they already cameoed him? They did. Uh, Beta Ray Bill's face is on uh, the... Um, in Thor 3, there's like this like statue of all the former oh, champions, yeah. and one of them is Beta Ray Bill. Oh, cool. So I wouldn't be surprised Nerd. if we got like... Yeah, that's me. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if we got like nods to his race, but I don't know if we're going to actually get a Beta Ray Bill proper until m- hopefully in Thor 4. I would love a Beta Ray Bill, but... Do you think there's going to be a scene where Tom Tom hangs Dong? <gasps> if we're lucky. <laughs> as long as and Tom no. Hiddleston hangs Dong, I'm in for that show. What are we talking? Whoa, we're talking what? Talking about Tom yeah, Dong. We're talking we're talking what? about Tom Hiddleston's Dong. Um, I bet it's awesome. The thing I'm most looking forward to this year, since apparently that's what this this segment has become, I guess, is what if that is a show that I can totally get behind. And please explain. Okay, I have so no idea what that is or why I should be excited. I've already <laughs> explained Ele- it to you. <laughs> Elevator pitch me. I, if you have, I completely forget. <laughs> okay. So the what if comics, it's basically an anthology series of comics that they take a, an idea that is kind of out there and they just, go through it for one issue is usually how it works so like what the one that i always cite because i own it is what if the venom symbiote infected deadpool that's that's one of the ones that i own but uh like another one could be like what if steve rogers became the hulk instead like it was radioactive they're doing um what if peggy carter got took got the super serum instead of steve rogers like that's one of the ones they're doing oh cool like you you could get there's like what if wolverine instead of having adamantium had uh cyclops's optic lasers connected to his bones sure that's what they did sure i'm glad you said it because i i wasn't gonna say sure to that (laughs) yep uh, let's see. The uh, the initial run had what if Spider-Man had joined the Fantastic Four? What if Gwen Stacy had lived? What if Iron Man had been a traitor? Wait, so, whoa, whoa. What if Gwen Stacy lived? Is that just the 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 Gwen uh what's it called? The other the Gwen Not uh, Spider-Gwen. Spider, no. Spider-Gwen. No. No. Uh, there was also one that was when what did we if get Spider-Gwen cuz I'd be excited for that. In uh the animated one in, we already got spider gwen yeah in the yeah. into the spider verse in the best spider how is it not an mcu movie it's about multiverses mcu one's <laughs> right. definitely one of them um what was i gonna say there one of them was uh what if um thor or what if uh jane foster uh lifted the hammer of thor right um, which, which is funny you know now now <laughs> is a thing i feel like a lot of what if comics just became canon stuff because when you have multiple universes or an infinite amount of time eventually you're gonna touch at touch everything yeah spider-man joined the future foundation which is the fantastic yeah. four so i i would be very interested to like look back on every issue of what if and know how many of the things haven't happened because i would guess a lot of them have happened <laughs> But I'm really interested in that. It is, it's animated, which kind of gets me interested. And they got all the original voice actors to come back to do the voice their characters, which seems fun to me. And Jeffrey Wright, 
I think it's Jeffrey Wright, is playing the Watcher. Yep. Watto or whatever his name is. I think it's Watu. Watu. Not that it fucking matters. Um, whatever. Chadwick Boseman. I, I don't know if he recorded lines. Um, he must have because uh, he's listed as one of the, the voice actors. So that's exciting. So we're going to get one final Black Panther story, which will oh, be that's nice. That's kind of neat. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm really – that's something I'm excited for because – it and I, this sounds so you know cynical and jaded of me, but I don't know how they could possibly tie that into other things. <laughs> so I'm excited to have something that is standalone, like on its own. Yeah, is it two D? Do we know two D versus three D animated or no? I don't. Okay, isn't it so funny that like I I almost feel like we have the luxury of this complaint at this point where it's like yep. it sucks that you have to watch every single little thing and it's all tied together when like 10 years ago longer at this point MC has been around for since 2008 but like in 2005 with the Spider-Man movies people would have fucking killed to have those connected to the X-Men movies and even the Hulk movie in some capacity like yep. they've always they were always these like existing in a vacuum type things and like people would have like fucking lost their mind if they knew what we had right now and it's become to a point where we're complaining about it which i yep. mean it's interesting to me but would they have lost their mind if all of the, their things were connected there's nothing that says if everything was all connected back then that it would just because it's connected doesn't mean it's good right just because it's connected doesn't mean it's cohesive and a complete thing it's just there's more of it and it's connected it doesn't mean yeah. it's good you can you can look at the DCEU if you don't believe us. Connected things aren't always good. Ew. Um, like, go for it, Tony. I was just going to say, it's, it's always easy to look back and go, well, if they had what we have now, and it's like, well, that's not how it worked back then, and it, maybe it wouldn't have, and maybe it would have. It's like, I, I hate to look at things through that lens, like, oh... Can it you imagine? Feels like there's a sweet spot, right? It's like yeah. it, there has to be an end eventually for it mm -hmm. to be satisfying. And yeah. so the fact that like Marvel has sort of veered into like, yeah, sure, individual stories have ends, yep. but they now feel like B plots instead of A plots. Yeah. And that feels incorrect to me. Like mm -hmm. it feels like they need to just stick to like A plots with like fun connections, not like major connections that said it was really cool yeah. to see all of it <clears throat> wrap up like as one unit like that still felt good and i hope they kind of do something like that again as long as it's like self-contained you know what i mean like like the lord of the rings movies or like i'm trying to think of other examples like the original star wars trilogy you know that kind of stuff i think that's our inevitable at some point just based on like actors are going to age out actors are going to leave actors are going to stop like unless they start just james bonding it and just like flat out recasting people um i don't think that I, it's going to have to end in some capacity at some point or at least certain characters are going to be done and gone not that they don't have like an infinite number of marvel characters so yeah it's sort of tangential but like it reminds me of my my relationship to like long form and short form like anime which is like i know not everybody here is like into anime but there's anime that have been around for 20 years or something <clears throat> and those anime seem so impossible to get interested in unless you were like there from literally the beginning and like sure it's exciting for those people 
to some extent but like <clears throat> it's so inaccessible you know versus like anime that ends in like a season or two you could easily recommend to somebody and be like hey this has like a beginning middle and an end let's talk about it let's enjoy it together kind of thing and uh, manga and anime is interesting in general just because like it's usually like the um like a sole person's like project as opposed to like once naruto ended like they're not bringing on somebody new to take over and like continue the storyline like those things have finite endings at least in theory um so that's uh, always i believe it's pronounced it's pronounced naruto you're right i'm not a real fan so it's true i've been i've been yelled at by enough students that i felt like oh. i needed to yell at you <laughs> christ who cares but you're right i i learned it I don't know. I, I learned it by listening to the Japanese, which I didn't did not pick up Naruto from that until they switched over to the English. But anyways, Naruto Baruto. That's his name. Ah, uh, Boruto. <laughs> I love that so much. So overall, I think we all agreed that WandaVision is an A plus show. Um, thank you for listening and. <laughs> I definitely didn't say it was bad, but I definitely didn't say I loved it. I think I'm I'm in the Brian B minus camp. I, I like when Brian was describing yeah. his his letter ranking for the show. I was like, yep. if he doesn't say B minus, I'm just gonna <laughs> tell him he's wrong, and well, he said it. <laughs> it's funny because like I think all of us had similar relationship to the show and similar like expectations that were set by the show versus kind of just like. It, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Dwight, but the way that you you seemed to enjoy the show was more like in that it was connected to other things and you wanted to see the outcomes of like of the the Marvel bits, you know. D does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the, the potential of the new characters that were introduced. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. very happy with the resolution uh, for now of Wanda and Vision's storyline, at least as a romantic couple. Um, there still is a vision husk out there. Um, so who knows what's going to come of that. Um, so Can the next TV show be vision husk. There we go. That'd be nice. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is he just floating around just like having existential conversations with himself? That would be amazing. It's, um, <laughs> I would love that. What, what's, what's that, what's that sh uh, movie with like Bill Murray? It's like cigarettes and coffee or something like um, that. It's, it's yeah. just vision um going to coffee shops and having existential conversations with various members of the MCU. See, see I, I, I was imagining it's just Paul Bettany and Paul Bettany doing waiting for Godot, just the two of them Ooh. having an existential crisis for like 3 hours. See, that's the, I would unironically love <laughs> Same. Both the shows you just described. I don't know what that is, but I want it to be like the other thing on Disney Plus that I love forky asks a question <laughs> what is and that? i want forky asks a question forky from toy story 4 okay played by tony hale <laughs> and he's a, a fork with an existential crisis he just he's like why do i exist i am trash what is happening but they made a show on disney plus where he like a little like they're like three to five minute episodes where he's like what is cheese what is what is love and it's just like he's going around to all the toy story characters like trying to find out what all these things are so i want it to be like a little five minute thing where like vision is just like who are vision like what <laughs> is what do vision but but what and vision like has that. to do is what 
uh, Forky asks question does, which is the best part of the show, which is the very beginning when the <laughs> announcer says the name and they go, Forky asks a question. And it's the best. So Vision <laughs> asks a question. I highly, Brian, I feel like you would love it. I highly recommend Forky asks a question. Does it matter that I don't know who Forky is? And I've <laughs> no. Never I've never seen Toy, Toy Story, Story 4. 4 he's so. a fork with an existential crisis. <laughs> and also he's played by Tony Hill. So that's all you need to know. I don't know if you know Tony Hill. Uh, like Follow-up question. Yeah. Who's Tony? <laughs> have you? No, that's, I was just going to say, have you watched Arrested Development? He's from that Mr. Roboto commercial. Have you watched? Uh, I watched some of Arrested Development. He plays, I only remember oh. Michael Sarah and Michael Sarah's dad. Oh, he plays Buster on Arrested Development. Um, Michael Sarah's dad. Sarah's dad. <laughs> the very famous actor who's nominating for Emmys. But yeah, Michael Sarah's dad. Jason yeah. Bateman. What is his name? Jason, oh, Jason Bateman. Bateman. Wait, is he the fox from that one movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. Fanta- I mean, fantastic yeah, Mr. Is. Fox. Yes. No, not Fantastic Mr. Fox. No, he's another one. The one right? the bunny who's, the one the one yes. the bunny who's yeah. not Lola Bunny. Judy I Fox. hate everything that's happening right now. Have you seen people getting pissed off that they desexualized Lola Bunny yeah. for the new space yeah, jet? Like, yeah. fuck off. Wait, who, like, they did? Yeah, they, oh, yeah, they, there they, was they, a big conversation about wait, Lola. They got rid but of her tits. Also, if you're sexually attracted to a rabbit and you're concerned about that, Go the fuck away from me, because I don't want to know you as a person, because that's fucking hey, weird. If don't you're mad about furries. it, well, so here's the thing, right? It's like, right. of course, any any guy who is going through puberty and watched Space Jam was probably attracted to Lola Bunny. Absolutely. But as a follow up, it's ridiculous to get mad that they desexualized her right. even a little. Like it's they such sh- a ridiculous thing. She looks awesome. I love this. Yeah. The this new design. So it looks really cool. Absolutely. I, I don't think the problem is that it, I don't think the problem is that people were sexually attracted to Lola Buddy. I think the problem is that people are angry about it. I just yes. want to make it clear. I don't want to kick shame furries because I I do. You know. Whatever you want to do, I might it's up a to little. You. A huge I, percentage I really of our care. listener base is furry, so we have to cater <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, no, yeah, that's the part. I don't care about that part. That's yeah. I, you, I you know, do, I, do. I know Corey's a furry, so shout out to Corey. <laughs> you do. What's you. his persona hey, name? But why? Does you the tail butt why? plugs? Yeah, the why get mad is the Absolutely. part that I agree with 100%. Yeah, <laughs> like, Absolutely. It's not worth getting mad about. Like, I also, like, nobody's come, like... Uh, there's an infinite amount of DeviantArt. Like, there's an infinite <laughs> yeah. amount of bullshit DeviantArt, like, if you want to get your Lola Bunny jollies. Like, the fact that it's not in the movie, who gives a shit? Like, mm-hmm. ugh, come on. It doesn't add anything to the plot. It doesn't... Well, it kind of does, because Bugs Bunny and, like, you know, it's a thing. But whatever. Yeah, but they like, can also make him not a, a horny, perv, thirst trap man. Like, it's fine. Wait, cancel is, Looney Tunes! Cancel Space Bugs, Jam! Cancel Bugs Space horny? Jam! I don't remember Bugs being oh, yeah. particularly horny. He was In pretty space, thirsty uh, for it, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was thirsty Alex, you're the Space Jam expert. Uh, I assume every animated character I see is thirsty because I'm projecting onto them. So, <laughs> so this Bonk has been an episode of No Refunds. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Alex I goes to Horny cu- Jail. That's the name of this I episode. I was just cutting this off now before it got. Oh, <laughs> T- Tiffany's done. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, Tiffany, what are your top ten uh, cartoon characters that you were attracted to as a kid? Uh, Arnold from Hey Arnold, Aladdin from Aladdin. She has this answer. I know it. Yeah. Um. Oh, I gotta think. Definitely Hey Arnold and definitely Aladdin from Aladdin. Um. I could probably, if I really thought about it, I probably could pull out three or four other like, ones. That if were you're like, asking that question, like if, uh, what childhood and uh, uh, cartoons, Lola Bunny's probably on mine. <laughs> like I wouldn't be shocked. Absolutely, same. Yeah. Don't kink shame me. Um, for, I, but, <laughs> for me, Misty's definitely up there too. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. There was this old show. I don't remember what it was called, but it was like... um. This like event, it was like an old Hanna Barbera cartoon with like these like space blobs and like these people who like got like pa- got like these weird powers. There's this one episode where this girl got these like wings or whatever. In that transformation sequence, you, you get a lot of cleavage if I remember correctly. And oh my god, that was, was awesome! Like a play on Sailor Moon? I have no idea. No, it was just like no. an old Hanna Barbera thing. I forget what it was called. I'm I'm trying to remember because I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there was like a a, a triceratops that shot bullets. Um, yes. Yep. 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 I'm, lo- I'm, look- I'm looking. There at was a list right there was now there was of, a blob, uh, and then it had a baby blob. Um, and <laughs> Tiffany, please explain your list. And the blob was like. I'm looking. I'm looking at a list right now of it's a it's a BuzzFeed list, so take it with a grain of salt. But it's uh, characters, animated characters that were oddly hot. Uh, Zuko definitely on my list oh, yeah. as a as a That's fucking a question. adult. A thousand percent. Um, uh, Ed Elric uh, from. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Winry um, is on the you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Winry's a babe. Um, that was on my personal list. That wasn't on this list. So on this list, Tommy Pickles from All Grown Up. That's false. Oh, from All Grown Up. <laughs> uh, you mispronounced Stu Pickles um, from the original Rugrats. That's okay. Somebody reptile. had somebody. There's there's Zarbon from Dragon Ball Z is on this list. Uh, I can see I why people would. Uh, he's like a he's like a glam. He was, he was like a glam rock character. No, it was when he transformed Brian. That's the one they're talking about. Oh, oh also, it, can right. I can I be a total weirdo and put this on this list? Can I put adult Simba from The Lion King on my list? Because that was probably And it. you were yelling at furries okay. earlier? Sure. Um, Dwight, is this the show you were it's talking called like about? It's called like the Argonauts Nala, or something I mean, like that. The Gnats is in there. There's the, like a the couple names of Nala giving yes. the like fuck eyes to Simba. Yeah. And it's like she's definitely attractive in it's that. The in that it's no. the voices. No. It's the voices for me. It's the voices. It's Matthew Broderick. I love it. I'm yeah. here for it. It's great. Tell us your show. What's your show? It, it's called The Herculoids. Yes. Thank you. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that that's what I'm remembering is a specific I sequence. A in, oh, I didn't see oh. it. I sent a picture in Discord of oh, just I'm not like on the, the, Discord. the I'm, main I've, characters. I have Discord turned Hold off because it makes dings and notifications that I'm Hold recording on. the, the Where sounds. Where did you put this in Discord? Oh. Uh, in our uh, episode prep <laughs> channel. Dwight, please tell me you were sexually attracted to these potato people. Uh, they're, they're blobs. Bl- First off, they're, they're blobs. They're so cute. They were the best. It was such a good they're show. Cool. It was such wanna... a fun, stupid show. I want to Photoshop all of our faces on here because this is real fucking cute. I love this. Okay, I'm here for it. Um, this episode devolved quickly into talking about all of our animated cartoon. I'm, go look fetishes. up the Herculoids. I'm trying to think of who else I was or other animated characters I was attracted to growing up. Uh, April O'Neil from 1987. Um, Classic. Oh yeah. Uh, TMNT. Classic. 
probably for me, not Michelangelo, probably Leonardo. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. I was a little old, but Leela was always was always a babe. Leela? Ooh, um, Poison Ivy from Batman the Animated Series. Mm. Or Ro- Rogue from X-Men the Animated Series. There you go. Batman the Animated Series had some, like, serious, like... Yeah, some serious thirst traps when it came to 90s television. So really what we should be doing is asking people to write in to tell us Wait. who... Yeah, who, instead yeah. of top that's, five that's albums. Yeah, top five top albums five. is, is done. <laughs> it's now top five thirst traps uh, cartoon characters from the 90s. Someone, I'm looking at another list and they have Ernie from Sesame Street. This what? is not okay. That's the next top five. Okay, no okay. more top that's five albums. No more top five albums. It's top five characters from your childhood animated that you Ooh. thought were hot. A- Ariel. I guess mm. I can see Bird Jasmine. For like, you know, kids. Because in the 90s, like, if you were gay or whatever, like, you didn't have all that many people to, like, you know, whatever, project right. out to. So Bird and Ernie definitely, like, could have been. Doing the Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jasmine in her in her red, Jasmine in the red outfit at the end. Fuck. Oh really? I was I I always dug the blue outfit better. The Same. red outfit wow. I was always like ah too much. <laughs> <laughs> what about Jafar when he gets fucking ripped as a genie? No, gross. Who <laughs> ripped Jafar genie? Absolutely. <laughs> snake genie. No. I mean the snake one... Jafar. <laughs> The ones that creep me out are the ones that are like animals, but then I'm like, no, totally the Lion King, totally all about that. I can get it. I see it. Yeah. Oh, flounder. I Tiffany's, understand. Tiffany's shaming people for wanting to fuck all the money, but then she's like, I want to fuck a lion. I never. A literal sh- lion. Shere Khan has got to be on Tiffany's list. Ooh, from like no! Tailspin. <laughs> um, I wasn't really into her, but Gadget from Rescue Rangers. Oh yeah. That was on one of the lists I just saw. Okay, people also ask, is having a crush on a cartoon character normal? Um, I I think yes. I think it is. I think it's it's a part of, like, your development in general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Number one on this list I'm looking at is Jessica Rabbit, which I feel like is... Eh. It's obvious, but also it was before my time. That makes sense. (laughs) The, um, uh, what were the girls from the Digimon? Mimi and and Sora. Uh, That's all you. I, I don't know. I uh, know. Gina, write in. Please <laughs> email us. Uh, anyone oh, that's still listening to this. Yeah. A, A, I'm sorry. <laughs> B, B, thank you. Write in. This took a turn, and I'm. Uh, I, what's what's that email address again? No refunds podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah, I'm expecting a whole bunch of emails from this one. I'm excited yeah. for this episode to drop. Okay. Well, unless anybody had anything else they wanted to talk about, that feels like a good of a place as any to wrap it up. Yep. I think that's good. (laughs) All right. So thank you very much for listening to this episode of No Refunds. Uh, My name is Dwight. We had Brian. We had Alex. We had Tiffany on this one. Um, You are currently listening to the Hyper Potions. Thank you very much for time trials. Uh, You can email us at norefundspodcast at gmail.com. Once again, we are doing our top five anime thirst traps, so please send those in. (laughs) Or if you would like your top five photo albums that is also acceptable oh alex says or just your top five music albums. top five music albums <laughs> no, too. like like originally yeah like like yeah, we're yeah, actually yeah. going to do um, <laughs> yeah, we're actually gonna do. fair enough um so thank you all for listening and we will talk to you all next time goodbye bye bye, bye?
we're done. I move the microphone closer to my mouth hole. No, that sounds. Uh, the way you were just speaking right there sounded very good. So it sounded like you just said, "Should I move into the microphone <laughs> from your mu- mouth hole?" It's mouth. the best place to do it from. <laughs>